0: So good to, to be here tonight, always so thankful for the, the privilege and the opportunity uh, to share with you guys. Um, for those of you who don't know, uh, my name is Marvin Slayton, and my wife, Andrea, wave your hand, Andrea, my beautiful wife and better half is, is right there. And um, And for those of you who don't know, Melissa Herring is my sister, so Tony is my brother-in-law, And it's always uh, an honor to be able to share. We just moved back a couple of months ago from Dallas after spending all of six months in Dallas. (laughs) A very, very short amount of time. In Dallas, and so I tell you, as we've moved back, it, we've, we're so happy, we're thrilled. Actually, is what I tell people to to be back. Um, we bought a house almost two months ago and are settling in and enjoying life. Happy to be back here at Soma and a part of this wonderful community. And as a cherry on top to the whole moving back and getting back situated here, if you'll throw up the picture, this is like the cherry, the the, the icing on top. Okay, bring these lights down. Okay. Bring the lights down so you can see. Okay, so this is Daisy right here. Bring the lights down a little further. We can get the full effect. This is what they call actually a, a blue lab. It's gray hair, but uh, gray hair and blue eyes. And so as of a week ago, that Daisy is Daisy Slayton. So she's the cherry on top. She's the, uh, the next member of our family, and uh, we're thrilled to have her. And she's already becoming uh, obedient so we, we've got a good dog. Uh, people say, well, is she female? And we say, yeah, well, that's why. She's a female dog. Just, she's an obedient dog. And so just thinking this week about how good life is, and, uh, and I, I was thinking, you know, even on our worst day, okay, even on our very worst day, and I don't want you to have to go back to that day in your mind, but everyone in this room, we've experienced some awful, terrible, tragic, Extremely, extremely difficult day or days. Even on your worst day, even on our worst day, we have three amazing things going for us. Three of them. We have a creator, we have a father God who formed us in our mother's womb. And when we came out, he said, It is good, and I am pleased. And not only that, but he sent his son, Jesus, for God so loved the world, you and I, that he sent his son, Jesus. He lived a perfect life, died, buried, resurrected, ascended, and now not only all of that, but makes intercession on our behalf. Two things. And not only those two things, if that wasn't enough, but a third in Acts chapter two, he sends the Holy Spirit the holy spirit to dwell inside of us the holy spirit is known as our empower the one who encourages us, strengthens us, leads us, guides us, directs us, counsels us, comforts us, on and on and on. He grabs our hand day by day and leads us in this thing we call a godly life. Even on your worst day, your worst day, you have three amazing things going for you. It's called the Trinity. Even on your worst day, you're covered by the blood of Jesus. Amen? This is about Jesus. I hear that song, Good Good Father, and you know what we all want to know is, is He pleased with us? That's really what we want to know. That's why when you hear that word, the hairs on your neck stand up, on your arms, and you get emotional, because that's what we want to know. And the beauty of the new covenant and relationship with Jesus is that he's pleased with us because of what was done on the cross. The covenant is not established with us. It's for us by the Father and Jesus. And you think, man, how can he be pleased with me? He pleased with me because he sees the perfect sacrifice, Jesus, in our life. Even on our worst day, guys, our worst, worst day, three amazing things in our corner holding our hand, at bat for us, has our back. Can I get a good amen? Amen. The title of tonight's message is, Your Life is Not Meant to Be Lived Alone. Your life is not meant to be lived alone. I'll be teaching out of Proverbs 18.1. So if you want to turn somewhere, you can turn there. And then a little bit later, I'll jump into Genesis chapter 3. So Proverbs 18.1. Okay. If you're not there, it doesn't matter. I'm going to read it twice for you, man. It's so powerful. Proverbs 18.1. A man who isolates himself, everyone says "isolate. isolate. A man who isolates himself seeks his own desire. He rages against all wise judgment. You're like, man, what's that? Is that really in the Bible? A man who isolates himself seeks his own desire he rages against all wise judgment. And for extreme brownie points for me tonight from Pastor Tony, I have got a sermon in a sentence for you guys, okay? (laughs) I don't normally do sermons in a sentence, but man, this sermon in a sentence was too good to pass up. Are you guys ready for this? If you take any note tonight, let it be this, okay? This is my sermon in a sentence. God knows we really stink at trying to live a godly life by ourselves, so don't do it. God knows we really stink at trying to live a godly life by ourselves, so don't do it. Is that easy enough? You guys got that? Sermon in a sentence right there, all right? In fact, just In humor, continuing on here, I was thinking about it, and there's actually a lot of things that you really don't want to do by yourself. Quite a few things, if you just sit down and ponder that. And so, I've got a few for you here. Here's things that you don't want to do alone. Number one, at the very top of the list, give your cat a bath. (laughs) Now, I don't know why you'd want to give your cat a bath anyway, But, um, if you give your cat a bath, you will need a bathtub, three large adults, oven mitts, ski goggles, ski goggles, and a couple of hazmat suits. Okay. Things we don't want to do alone. The second thing you would never want to do alone, but I've seen it been done. tried to be done several times. You never want to pick up a refrigerator alone. I see all these guys laughing here. You know, they got the straps now and the guys are all big and manly. Oh yeah. I can get that thing in my back. I'm ready. You know, (laughs) 10 years later, man, you've, We've kept chiropractors in business and given them all of our money. Things you shouldn't do alone. Number three, shop for a new pair of glasses. The girl behind the counter is there to sell you glasses. In particular, the pair she didn't unload back in 2001. Number four things. You shouldn't do alone. Go to an all-you-can-eat buffet. (laughs) Yes, that shrimp is undercooked. And no, you can't pile seven of them on top of your pork chop and blueberry cobbler. (laughs) And the last thing you should never do alone is rock climbs. And I've got rock climbing. I've got six words why. He cut off his own arm. You guys saw the movie. You know what I'm talking about. Don't you ever, ever, ever rock climb alone. Raise your hand and say, I'm not going to rock climb alone. (laughs) All right. Never do it alone. It seems pretty obvious when we read the Bible that a Christian life is a life that is to be lived in three main ways, okay? Three main ways. The first one is in covenant. A covenant is a formal or binding agreement. We see the old covenant in Moses. We see the new covenant in Jesus. It's a pillar of our Christian faith. It's a pillar of the church that we are to live in covenant with him and covenant with one another. The second thing is in communion. Communion is intimate fellowship, sharing, and rapport. When we come to church, we obviously take communion. We are remembering Jesus and his sacrifice Uh, through the taking of the bread and and the wine. And um, we're honoring him, we're thanking him, we're worshiping him, that that communion. But what we're doing is we're communing with him. And it's also, uh, we are doing that collectively together, which leads to the third thing, which is community. A community is a group with similar values, beliefs, and interests. And you see that community really heightened in the Bible in the second chapter of Acts When it's taught about and focused on and there's a lot of direction and clarity with the church coming together. The three things I just gave you are pillars of the church. When you say I'm a part of a church, okay, a Christian church, these three things are staples. If one of these three things aren't staple, I'm not sure it's a Christian church, okay? Covenant, communion, community. All of these things are done with another or many others. The three pillars of the church, they're all done with another or many others. Your life is not meant to be lived alone. And just as a side note, asterisk here, I'm not talking about obviously about being single or married. You'll see that as this message unfolds. What I'm talking about is living a life that's open, accountable, and transparent with others so that you, me, and we can be made whole. What I'm talking about is a life that's open, accountable, and transparent with others so that you, me, and we can be made whole. If you write one thing down tonight, please write this down. Wholeness in your life cannot be accomplished alone. It will take God and it will take others. Wholeness in your life cannot be accomplished alone. I didn't say salvation. I'm talking about wholeness. It will take God and it will take others. Tonight, I want to encourage you with three things. Be sure to write these points down. First thing I want to encourage you with is this make your inward struggles outward accountability. Make your inward struggles outward accountability. James 5 16 says, confess your trespasses to one another. Everyone say another. And pray for one another. Everyone say another. Another. That you may be healed. The effect of fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Let me interpret this for you guys. Talk to someone you trust about what is wrong and pray so that it can be made right. And then repeat it again and again and again and again. That is what this is talking about. Talk to someone you trust about what is wrong and pray so that it can be made right and then repeat This is a journey. This isn't a one-stop shop. It's over and over and over again. I don't know if you've noticed, but you haven't stopped sinning in your life even though you know Jesus. Maybe some of you have. (coughs) If you do this, the end of the verse tells us that through the humility of confession... And the power of prayer, God will shine light in the darkness of your life. He will shine light in the darkness of your life. Fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. You confess, you pray. And then all of a sudden what comes in is light into the darkness. And when light comes into the darkness, all of a sudden vision happens, direction happens, freedom happens, healing happens, wholeness happens. That's what this verse is talking about. Not one time, over, 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 over again in your life, on repeat. Here's why it's so important. What you do in private, makes a huge difference in people's lives. You know why? Because what you do in private has a direct effect on who you become in public or who you don't become. Because what you do in private has a direct effect on who you become in public or who you don't become. I'm teaching this because this is something that I've tried to live by and those who know me well in this room know that I try to live by this. There's not a thing in my life that has not been confessed to another man. I found out early on that's just the way to do it. I have vices, I have struggles, difficulties just like you. And so I'm very passionate about what we're talking about here, making your inward struggle, outward accountability. This phone here, 99.5% of you have a phone, but it's probably not the same as this phone. Most of you have a smartphone. And I, too, at one time was smart and had a smartphone. And I bowed out with an iPhone 5S. This was about two years ago. See, in my life, I'll start by saying this. I've never in my life been addicted to pornography, ever. And I'm not right now. But I've always struggled with lust, impure thoughts, I have a past, like many of you, and there's iniquity there, a bentness towards that type of sin. If you did two seconds of inventory in your life, you would come up with a few things like, oh yeah, I'm bent towards these things. So I'm bent towards that. Two years ago, the Lord started speaking to me. I had an iPhone 5S. What's an iPhone 5S? It's a portal. It's an open door any smartphone to a potential struggle that's something I have iniquity towards, a bentness, a proneness towards. Lord started speaking to me. I'm a man of what I'm teaching here. I said, God, I'm going to the store. I go to the AT&T store. I said, hey, I want to sell you my iPhone 5S. Guy looks at me (laughs) cross-eyed. Why do you want to do that? I said, well... I just need to do it. I said, well, what are you going to get? I said, well, you got a dumb phone? <laughs> <laughs> so he walks me back to this very, very, very slim, dark corner. <laughs> and in this dark, slim corner of the AT&T store that's in the parking lot of the Broadway Square Mall, he says, here's your options. I said, oh, so many. <laughs> this and the flip phone version of this. (laughs) Well, I've got enough pride that I couldn't go back to the flip phone. So I said, I'll take that one. (laughs) It's the worst phone I've ever had in my life. You think I'm kidding? This is the worst phone. They want everyone to be on smartphones. We obviously know that. And let me tell you, I miss, and I'm in a line of work that could really, really utilize a smartphone. More than most of you. Power down. (laughs) But I'm committed to what I'm teaching you. I'm committed to making my inward struggle outward accountability. So I got this phone, and I hate this phone, severe limitations, can't do a lot of what I would like to do, all the luxuries of having a smartphone, but I haven't looked at anything I wasn't supposed to look at in two years on a phone. How bad do you really want this thing? How bad do you really want it? Sin unsubmitted, sin unaccountable will destroy your life. The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. It might be a long, slippery slope, but eventually it will get there. Sin unsubmitted, sin unaccountable will destroy your life. Sin submitted, sin accountable will deliver your life. It's going to be there. You're going to sin. Oh, I'm prone to wonder. Sin submitted, sin accountable will deliver you. Guys, I was on staff at this church for five years, okay? I'm gonna put this in perspective. In those five years, in East Texas, I personally knew four Pastor leaders in East Texas in those five years that fell into sexual immorality, into adultery, in five years in East Texas. And I knew them. If they didn't lose everything, they lost most. Everything. And you want to know why? Because they weren't willing to make their inward struggle outward accountability. And if they did make it outward accountability, then who they were accountable to did a huge disservice to them. You find someone you trust. Did you get that? You find someone you trust. We'll get into that a little bit later. Chuck Colson has, we'll talk about that. Make your inward struggles outward accountability. Number two, your best is done with others. Your best is done with others. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. Don't turn there, just listen. And let us consider how we may spur one another, say another, on toward love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together, say together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, say another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. First John 1, 1.7, one of the most powerful verses in the Bible. Listen to this. Let this sink in to your bone and marrow. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. Say another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. First John 1.7. Those of you who know me, I'm... A little bit of a sports junkie. Grew up playing sports my whole life. Still follow it really closely. We're talking about your best is done with others. Most anyone will tell you that Michael Jordan's the greatest athlete of all time. If not the greatest athlete, then most likely uh, the greatest basketball player. In all of his greatness and almost perfection in his craft, in his game of basketball, he never won a title. He never reached the climax, the pinnacle of being a basketball player until Scottie Pippen, another Hall of Famer, another All Star, joined the team. He could not do it by himself. The very best. Your best is done with others. I was thinking about this and I was kind of laughing at myself because it was an illustration about myself in the story, but um, thinking about your best is done with others. And I went back to when we moved to Dallas a little over six months ago. And so I back a 26 foot U-Haul up to our old house and uh, we moved during the week and during the week, men can't come over to help you. For the most part, I mean, some family. And so this is who I got. I got me. I got Tony, who's in the middle of a 10-day fast. (laughs) And bless his heart, he gave everything he could. A few more breaks than he normally would. But he gave everything he could. I got my dad, Chris, back there. He shows up, his arm's in a sling. I got one-armed dad helping my fasting brother-in-law. And then I got my teenage nephew, Aiden. If you've seen Aiden... He's real good looking. He ain't got a lot of meat on those bones. Six foot, buck 20, soaking wet. I'm moving 26 foot U-Haul trailer. Worst day of my life. I've never picked up and moved so much stuff. For myself and for others. (laughs) I learned something. My best is done with others. Fast forward six and a half months. 26 foot U-Haul comes from Dallas, parks at our new home. Said so I'm not moving all this stuff by myself. I get on Facebook, any good man would. Reach out to all the brothers. Hey, eight o'clock, Kalachis, donuts, coffee. Bring your muscles. I know you got them. Bring your straps. You move the refrigerator by yourself. Eight o'clock Saturday morning instead of Thursday morning. Dozen guys show up. Two hours. Unloaded and all beds made. Two hours. Talking about community. Talking about your best done with others. Talking about not being stupid, Marvin. Move on the weekend. <laughs> You're laughing at me. <clears throat> Chuck Colson said this. Chuck is a author and spiritual leader in our time, made some mistakes. He said, though I know intellectually how vulnerable I am to pride and power, I am the last one to know when I succumb to their seduction. That's why spiritual lone rangers are so dangerous and why we must depend on trusted brothers and sisters who love us enough to tell us the truth. I know intellectually how vulnerable I am to pride and power I am the last one to know when I succumb to their seduction that's why spiritual lone rangers are so dangerous and why we must depend on trusted brothers and sisters who love us enough to tell us the truth your best is done with others number three hide in God not from God Hide in God, not from God. I'm going back to my sermon in a sentence. God knows we really stink trying to live a godly life by ourselves, so don't do it. You know why he knows we really stink? Because we've been doing it bad since the beginning Adam and Eve set the precedent. Genesis 3 8 through 10. Don't turn there. And they heard the sound of the Lord, they, Adam and Eve, walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, where are you? Like he didn't know. So he said, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. You know what makes us hide? Our shame makes us hide. We can't believe we made that mistake over and over and over. We can't believe we're still committing that sin over and over and over. And it piles up on top of us. The burden becomes heavy. And so eventually, we hide. We hide. Maybe we don't publicly hide, but inwardly we hide. We hide in our shame by ourselves and away from the very place where we could receive help and wholeness. What Adam and Eve didn't know in their immaturity and youth, to their credit, was the one thing they were working so hard to hide from is actually the one thing they needed. the presence of God. The presence of God is what changes people's life. Guys, look at me. The presence of God is what changed your life. Romans 2:4. the goodness of God drew you into repentance. His presence His goodness through his presence at the beginning of your walk of faith drew you into repentance and you submitted your life to him. Your salvation story is because of the presence of the Lord. The presence of the Lord is what changes things. Read through the gospels and see what happens when Jesus shows up on the scene. You will never read a story in the gospel where he shows up and he doesn't change something. We must consistently open ourselves up to him or we will consistently be sowing fig leaves and jumping behind trees. We must consistently open ourselves up to him or we will consistently be sowing fig leaves, and jumping behind trees. I want to end tonight with this illustration. Very simple, elementary. I think we can all get it. Little kids, 5, 6, 7, up to 9, 10, 11, they've got their bedroom, okay? In their bedroom, things are tidy and nice in place, Laundry's in the right place, toys, clean bedroom, looks good, smells good, actually, if, if possible. Doors open. Hey, Mom, Dad, yeah yeah yeah, 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 come in my room, come and look. Okay, yeah, we're coming, little Johnny, we're going, yeah, look at my room, look at how great it Look, it smells awesome. Oh, little Johnny, man, that's awesome, pat on the head, here, here's a treat, it's good. The reality is most of the time, as we know as parents, little Johnny's room doesn't look that way. Little Johnny's room's a mess. Maybe a disaster zone. Food been in there for days and days and days, clothes strung out everywhere, toys everywhere they shouldn't be. You don't know what's lurking in that room. (laughs) The truth is, we've got a room. We've got a room our heart it's our soul and we're like little Johnny everything's tidy in order things are right things are good and we're coming to church we're reading our Bible we're communing with the Lord we're loving we're giving we're serving we're earning all of our stars God yeah come on in let's talk Let's be friends. Let's do this thing. I'm walking with you, hand in hand. God, yes, we're doing this together. Home team, let's do it. Let's knock it out of the park. It's right. The reality is is that many, or maybe even most days, this room is a disaster zone. Or maybe not a disaster zone. Maybe you're someone who's known the Lord for a while and mature and down the road. But when you look at, In the corners. When you look in the dark places in the corner, when you really come and take inventory, when you really come and inspect it, there's some stuff there. Some things that outwardly maybe no one would know, but inwardly it's there. Inward struggles vices shortcomings difficulties fears and the problem is is that though that is a reality what we do is we go and we close the door we close the door to God we close the door to the very thing that can actually help us the presence of the Lord. And like Adam and Eve, we go and we, we're sowing fig leaves and we're jumping behind trees and hiding away from the one thing that can help us. Hide in God, not from God. When you look at these three points... Make your inward struggles, outward accountability. Your best is done with others. Hide in God, not from God. This is all so that you, me, and we can be whole. That's the point. And when you and me and we are whole, then we become effective. Then we operate well then we have a brighter light, then we see his kingdom advance through us. Stand up with me tonight if you would. Wholeness in your life cannot be accomplished alone. It will take God and it will take others. And people, I'm serious about this. I'm serious about winning with God. I'm serious about his body being a pure spotless bride. Hello? hello? I've sit across from many men who have a deeper struggle than I've ever had and I tell them this story and they look at me like they could never do it. It's a phone for goodness sakes. It's an iPad. It's a computer and that's just one thing. I don't know what your vice or struggle is but you've got one. And that inward struggle has got to become an outward accountability because we have got to be whole.